This is Elijah Wood. You are listening to the Finders Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local, local. You are listening to the Finders Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside. Around the world. Finders Keepers Radio Show. Theme tune heralds another edition of uh, a show full of half-baked opinions and uh, Olympic-scale mispronunciations. I'm Pete Mitchell. We have Andy Votel. Hello. Mm, might be of an inkling of what is in, in store. Doug Shipton, hello, Doug. Hello, Pete. And there's some sort of robotic uh, nature to the beginning of the show. No, there's not, actually. I've just, been, uh, I've just been to the doctors, doctors yeah. and uh, I think I swallowed a ring pull oh, right, over right, the okay. course of the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, maybe later on in the show I might start to feel a little bit better. Do you know this could wear very thin? <laughs> it it's is. It's already tenuous. <laughs> uh, I know. So um, it's, a, it's a clue as, as to what's in store on the, on the show? Yes. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, you can see what are we talking about today, Doug? Synthesizers. Synthesizers. A lot of a lot, a lot of to, to ground to cover. Yeah. Synths are taking over taking over my record collection. I think they, they generally do, don't they? And, and your house, by and, the sounds of it. Yeah, well, yeah. Jane, my good wife, she's a of the she, Silver Globe fame. She's always collected keyboards, mostly keyboards like Bon Tempe's and Casios and stuff like that. But I don't mm. know. With with now she's in. Uh, now Argent is sort of like uh, an anthem. Yeah, Silver Globes uh, bringing more of that metallic content. I saw into you our playing house. a keyboard or maybe a synthesizer recently on YouTube with the Jane Weaver and the Doves. It was you in the background. That wasn't me. <laughs> well, it's that somebody... was somebody else. <laughs> it was a shadow of your former self. It was. Right, let's get on then. Uh, first track on our synthesizer special. I thought. Have we, we got a name for the show yet? I don't know. I've been well. You, what have you got? Seven deadly synths. Synth Synth City. Synth City. <laughs> Dan McGrath on Facebook suggest Rock and Roland and In the Moog, which I like. This is all going to get a bit Monty Python. Oh, it, it's, second, it's already yeah. there, Doug. We're all enthusiastic synth- <laughs> about the, about what's, what's coming up. I think you, you had a nice one with synth... synth- you can't. You oh, can't. Synth- synthopy for, for the, the devil. devil. Synth- well, I don't know. Well, maybe the synth in its early form was, was an evil instrument, we'll, we'll be it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be touching horror synth. I guess so. I mean, yeah, people like Bruce Hack and who, who, who was responsible for those... Walter Sayer and stuff like that. They all had the sort of moody angle. Then John Carpenter, he's a dark dude, so, you know. Bit after the fact, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Given, given that it was uh, essentially since we're a sound effects machine, yeah. but maybe we should play one by Yeah, the, let's play one. Let's, let's, let's flavour the programme straight okay. away with. So who are we gonna, we're a true pioneer. Doug, who are we going to play oh, first? I guess we can only be talking about Jean-Jacques Perry. Yeah, under a disguise. Under a disguise. This is Mr. On the Align. Breaking boundaries before breaking even. Finders keepers.
Mm. This Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside. We've established it's our synth special, and that was Mr. Odiline with Nola. That cheesy pop start to the show, but if you look at the cover to this record, it looks quite sinister. He's uh, he's masked, or it's like a some sort of silk scarf with holes in it for the eyes, and then there's a lot of wires and machinery. He's in disguise. It kind of looks like a Mexican wrestler on a, it is. On a synth. It's a, yeah. <laughs> he's disgu- in disguise for good reason. It's John Jacks Perry. You know John Jacks Perry? Mm, mm. That's who it is. And John Jacks Perry was from the same French stock as some of the very best sort of tape music people, right. early pioneers of electronic music. But he did a terrible thing to electronic music. He added melody to it. Right. And the concrete dudes didn't really like that because concrete as a format, which is basically using found sounds and cutting together bits of tape to make electronic music, that was like a a forward-thinking way for a new manifesto for the future of music. But when Mr. Ondialine, a.k.a. John Jacks Perry, decided to add melody and make Mm. pop music out of it, he was kind of ostracised a little bit. But what he was doing was genius. It took a lot of work because people were making noise, but he was making melodic noise, and he was followed by people like Delia Derbyshire and the Radiophonic (laughs) Workshop, who who basically took sound effects and turned it into pop music. So I would give him a big round of applause for who he is and for everything he did. Yes, indeed. We look at that photo, that's a, a, a basic synthesizer. So that dates it. Is that mid 60s? That's the Ondia line. That is the Ondia that line that we see which here. Which he helped pioneer. There's two keys on it, a load of sort of oscillators and a load of wires and valves. All valve stuff. Valves, there, yeah. All the valves at the back there. For... Yeah. I mean, it, it, George Jenny, wasn't it? Who, I it, believe so. Yeah, who, who made the instrument. But it was it was an emulator. It, 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 it made synth. The buttons on the front were supposed to represent the sound of an oboe or the sound of mm. a... So it was. It had a commercial outlet, which, which harked back to normal music. But a lot of the more forward-thinking people wanted to forget that and, and start a new future. So it's, it's that balance, really. And I think throughout the show, we'll touch on that balance between creation and pop and, you know, and mm. ground zero through to whatever and cover all bases because synths are... Uh, Synth music, as we said, as a well-known phrase, it's a broad no, church. Not that one again. It's a broad church. Not that one again. So, yeah. How far do we go back with electronic music? As far as I'm aware, was it electronic music as far as the, the, the 1920s in some sort of odd form? It's a broad church. <laughs> do you know how far we go back then with the electronic music? Bloody ages. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> One one thing that startles me looking at the cover here that uh, is the date you're telling me could be even late fifties, early sixties. That record, I don't late fifties. I'm pretty sure it's going back we, a we, long, we long time. Yeah, we, uh, we did release it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's, it's all in the detail. You know that, don't you? A, a lot of stuff happened early. You know, yeah. there was more yeah. than you think. But especially like within within cinema. I mean, two places for electronic music to really flourish were obviously. TV and cinema, and then the theatre. And ballet is a beautiful place for early electronic music. Mm-hmm. W- without that unison of visuals, it was totally avant-garde. Yeah, yeah. If a robot stood on stage dancing, making a noise, it's fully acceptable. But if, it's, if with no visual there, it's like mm-hmm. insanely avant-garde music. So it's all about context, I guess. So Telstar by the Tornadoes and Joe Meek was the first 
electronic record then, chart record, was it? Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of negligible, but I suppose it's the first very commercially yeah. viable one. It definitely broke. I would have thought the mainstream wouldn't have known how that noise was made at the time. Yeah, but I'm sure there was guys in France. I mean, should we, should we stick with France? And There's tons of great French electronic music, and we might as well stay in that zone for a mm-hmm. while. There's a, there was a great collective in France um, of the early Concrete dudes and a brilliant series that Philips, Philips Records did, which compiled people that worked at the RTF tape studios in Paris. And one guy that travelled to work there was a guy called Francois Bale. Mm-hmm. And this is a great piece of avant-garde tape music mixed up with a load of early rock and pop uh, by a young protégé who was stuck in Paris at the time and was working there called David Allen from Gong. Okay. And David here is the guy, behind-the-scenes guy, who's throwing in loads of crazy bits of rock music on tape with this genius called Francois Bale. So you've got a serious avant-garde guy working with an up-and-coming pop musician who later became very famous and sadly recently passed away, Mr David Allen. So I suppose this is a nice uh, homage to him and his uh, experimental little in... Uh, seldom heard piece of music called Solitude. Finders Keepers Records, making old records feel young.
Listening to the Finding Skippers Radio Show, it's a uh, our synth special. Did we sort out a title out of those? Is it one that you prefer? Oh. I thought I thought Synth City was a winner. Oh God, no! I'm going to need a bit more time. Maybe I mean, hopefully there'll be a few knocks on the door during the course of this next two hours, and we can sort of <laughs> oh, no. throw it out to oh, the jury. No. Francois Bale, then Solitude. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Well, you see, yeah, mm. beautiful that it was. It was you know David Allen from Gong and one of his earliest recorded post Soft Machine sort of missions. But the tape that he's running through the the track. There are actually outtakes from uh, another band called Ami Son, who are a wonderful um, psychedelic sort of jazz freeform band off the uh, BYG label. Um, but yeah, that was interesting because it's David Allen's possibly his first foray into any electronic music. It wasn't actually synthesizers, it was all tape music. And it was still synthesis, but he learnt with the right people. He was with Pierre Schaffer, with Pierre Henry in the right place. David Allen and Gong were one of those sort of bands that took synths around the world. I mean, the band itself included people from Wales, mm-hmm. people from Australia, people from France. You know, they were formed yeah. in Spain. Mm. You know, and the, the synth thing was a great global thing, and that's a good way to look at it, really. Became a product, didn't it, though? When they, all the uh, keyboards became uh, available? Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, like what, guitars, yeah. when you could re- get your guitar on rental in, the, in America in the, the mid-1960s, everything yeah. exploded. Oh, exactly, yeah. And I mean, you know, when synths first hit, or the idea of a synth first hit... Were they millions and millions of pounds? <laughs> well, the, the thing is, yeah, I mean, you got to look at like, the sort of how the communists looked at synths yeah. as well. So like, they've got the Russian imitation synths, which are now becoming more collectible. They look amazing, though, don't uh, they, yeah, some exactly. of those? Yeah. And then when synths hit Turkey, it just, it just, you know, it changed everything. And Sri Lanka, or Tamil, or South India. India, yeah. Well, I've got it on good authority that uh, our good friend Ilya Raja was one of the first to uh, or bring back specifically uh, a domestic synthesizer, Yamaha DX. But if you're looking at the likes of Ardi Berman, uh, M. Ashraf in Pakistan, they were making their own synthesizers. Yeah, working yeah. with Moog. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. I mean, India was great, wasn't it? I mean, if you look, at, I mean, and vocoders as well, like the Burning Train by R. D. Berman's a great vocoder tune. Bappy Lahiri as well was hammering mm. the synths. It was, it was, it was when I was a kid, and we'll get into it a little bit later. That the whole the Moog thing really captured my imagination. And lots of kids at school for some because it was space age. It wasn't necessarily. I don't think we even saw it as a musical instrument. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? At the time, it was something that really sort of out there and quite, you know, otherworldly. That the whole Moog. It was it's like the phenomenon, you know, in the, especially when it became available in seventies. Was it generally? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was late sixties, wasn't it? it? Developed and then. Yeah, I think it just became semi-domesticated, didn't it? To, to halfway through the when the Moog Rogue, I think in America they did realistic or Tandy or Radio Shack or whatever. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it would have been those. That, that yeah. They did sort of like Lambalos. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they ripped <laughs> off the Moog, the Moog Rogue and did a Moog Rogue. Yeah, and that was almost sort of marketed as a as a as the yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, Mini Moog was all over. Yeah, the stuff it was before, incredible, but, wasn't it? 
isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah but I mean, as you, as you said, like uh, Ilya Raja with the DX7. I mean, that was like a, a, an instrument which was reserved for. But that, you know, them '80s sort of synth pop bands like owned that sound. But, right. But yeah. to hear that music in sort of semi-traditional, euphoric, carnetic instrument instrumentation, mm. you know, was was a crazy thing. I mean, Doug, you, you're a massive fan of Ilya Raja and everything he does, aren't you? Well, yeah, it's um, oh, until a few years ago, he was a reasonably unknown entity, wasn't he? Um, I, I sort of stumbled across a couple of uh, 45s through some pals, and through getting in touch with him, we basically just sort of, well, so you and I sort of through sort of our buying endeavours, uh, uncovered a whole universe of quite styles, sounds. Oh, insane. Oh, was it? Okay. I think he's yeah. done in, in excess of 900 soundtracks throughout his That's career. That's quite a lot. That's at quite a lot. one point, turning them out at the rate of, what, one a month or something like this? Wow. wow. Uh, well, yeah, but I think more than, more like than that. a manufacturer. I think he was doing a film a day later on in his career, Ilya Raja. He was like the Tamil Morricone, but untravelled, yeah. you know. Yeah. We we would have never got that stuff. I mean, you know, when you first start looking for Tamil records, you can't read the language. It's like when you first find a Greek record or a Hungarian record. It's just like, but that is kind of... Oh, like, I just got off on, yeah, the, the, this whole universe of um, Bollywood 45s, what appeared mm. to be Bollywood, which, of course, yeah. we later went on to find out was actually Collywood, Collywood. which is the Tamil cinema. Ooh, it's, all getting, it's all getting a bit misty for me, this. Getting a bit... Uh, yeah, getting... Hollywood, Bollywood, what was it? Lollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood, Collywood. And Let- Nollywood. Yeah. And Nollywood as well. <laughs> should, should we explain all that later? Yeah, I think we should. That could be that could be long. Let, let's try and listen to some Ilya Raja music in hope that it'll simplify things, because I'm telling you now, it's not going to make anything anymore. <laughs> 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 if you want to get complicated, I'm check this out. Already. <laughs> Pata Adipo, Pata Adipo, 
Keepers Radio Show. I'm, I'm none more the wiser. Uh, tell me about Collywood, for instance. What is, where is that, and where's it from? Collywood yeah. is actually the name of the second largest film industry in India, right. after Bollywood. Right. Uh, and I believe there's a few others. I forget the names. All based around the various kind of cultures and religions over there. So Telugu. There's another. I think maybe that's Tollywood. But I might be uh, grabbing a straws. There, <laughs> I think honest. we all are. Simple as this. Bollywood is from Bombay, which is Ooh. the film industry. Industry, essentially, yeah. All of these are the film industry with the soundtrack. It's all film industry. All film industries. Lollywood's from Lahore, right? Collywood's from Kodumbakum. Well done. And then, but then Nollywood's from Nigeria, isn't it? So yeah, it's sort of. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. unless, uh, what do you like with your Nigerian geography? <laughs> Pete? Oh, no. <laughs> Why is Hollywood called Hollywood? Uh, because of the Hollywood Hills? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is it a, what came first? Of the art form? I don't know. It's chicken the egg situation. Isn't Jollywood? It? Yeah. Jollywood? Yeah. Uh, that would be Jordan. Jedwood? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose Bollywood then and that industry is the, the, the mainstream part of uh, this whole film thing. Bollywood is essentially Hollywood, isn't it? In, uh, Indian people. Yeah, and they had a lot of money, so they could afford so massive. So all the glamour and big productions. They could afford massive orchestras. So once you drop down a bit, that's where it gets interesting, I take it. Well, yeah, because an orchestra, you know, they could afford orchestras and like top end synths quite early. You right. Know? But it mo- mainly orchestras. But then Lollywood. They couldn't afford orchestras. They'd have a five-piece band. Mm. So that's when it becomes more experimental. And they were hammering the synth and the electronic stuff to try and make it sound like bigger because they were, you know, stretching everything. But then in Collywood, Ilya Raja was a one-man band. 
Right. And he was making his own synths and making his own electronic stuff and tape and recycling vocals. So he was mad as cheese, this character. You've got to be if you're that prolific and you're churning it out like that. A bit of an icon for Tamils all over the world, to be honest. He, um, obviously, with the caste system in India, Mm. um, Tamils are considered a bit lower down. So for him to, I think he graduated from Trinity. The hero of the uh, Yeah, very much so. And he combined a lot of orchestral traits with very contemporary mm. pop sounds, uh, bringing in synthesizers. Is there an equivalent anywhere, say, here or in America, that the equivalent to him? I'd say it'd be like John Barry. Yeah, well, yeah, OK. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was like the king of the soundtracks over there. But no competition. Competition is not... Oh, no, was it? No, no yeah. competition. No competition. It's my soundtrack you're using and that's yeah. that. On films, his name would be above the principal actor and actress. No. What, oh, like, yeah. As, oh, right, OK. So he was running, one, running things. It's a bit like James Brown, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. yeah. He was he was the man. He was a brilliant songwriter, you see. Now, we don't we don't understand the lyrics, no. but he was a brilliant song. So he won the hearts of a generation right. through, you know, the language of love, but we don't... Uh, we just hear the noises. Yeah. We just hear the Yeah. Oh, there goes the door. I don't know who that is. Don't go and get the door for us, I can't face it. There's that pungent smell around the cottage again. Hello, Tayboy, how are you doing? Oh, God, I've not seen you for a while, how are you? No, I've been busy, mate. Good, thanks. How are you? Who's but, this you with? Uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, it's the big reveal. I'm going to show you in a minute when we get up, upstairs. Your mate of mine, you've just come in from... Uh, come on, let's go, let's go up the dance. Tapeworm, how the devil are you? All right, Pete, how are you? I'm all right. You seem to have something wrapped in silver foil there in, 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 around your neck. Uh, well, I've got a treat for you, but Ooh. I've got a treat for you and the oh. listeners because I've brought a friend of mine. What, uh, f- a friend from the tip? Yeah, he got dumped on the tip recently. I found him oh. in the, with the white goods, a bit battered and bruised, and I put I put him out, out of his shell. He's a little bit he's a little bit uh, fragile, so could you just peel back this tinfoil with me and introduce Ooh, him? <laughs> God, look, don't be shy. Here he is. It's the Electro Maggot. Oh, Electro Maggot, how the devil are you? Hello, I am the Electro Maggot. I have arrived from the tip to steal all of your cassettes. Hey, don't be rude, you. <laughs> but listen, these are friends of mine. Doug Shipson from Finders Keepers Record and Pete Mitchell, he's a famous radio presenter. I don't care who they are, I've come to take their C90s and C60s and put music all over the tip and do what the bloody hell I like, cos I am the electro-maggot. Uh, it seems you your friend... I know, he, he seems a bit serious. He's a, he's a bit serious, what's wrong with him? He's running out of batteries. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him, he's a bit hard anyway. Yeah. But, but what is useful about the electro-maggot is he's, he's got a fantastic tape, taste in music, haven't you, maggot? Have you not got a good taste in music? I've got a far superior taste in music to the likes of you. Alright, well, alright, well, put your money where your mouth is, maggot, and um, what have you got in, in the bag? I've got something in common with Doug Shipton. I'm a big fan of German New Wave cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I've got loads of cassettes because I went on a school residential to the Black Forest in 1982 and the tape scene was kicking off wild style. What sort of stuff have you got? All sorts, what have you got? 
<laughs> you show me yours and I'll show you mine. <laughs> oh, you've got competition on our hands, have you? Yeah. Oh, I said, like, what, what sort of stuff you got in? Felix Kubin, Daryl Later. Got that. Andy Giovino. Got all of them. <laughs> D-Party. Have you got any of them? A not on cassette. Oh, he's been reissued. <laughs> Have you heard of a band called CCHB? CHBB? Well, whatever you call them. Have you got it? Oh, what? <laughs> I've got something here which I bet you've not got because it's rare as hen's teeth and rocking kosher. Go on, and what is it? The called CHBB. Yeah, oh, I know, I know uh, the outfit, Beata Bartle, but. Um... I know what he's talking about. CHBB, girl from li- Liaison's Dangerous. That's the one, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, that, but they're rare, aren't they? Are they rare ones that you've got there, Electro Maggot? Yes, they'll cost you an arm and a leg on the black market or eBay if you've got tons of dash. Well, come on in, let's hear it then. Alright, this is a band called CHBB, cassette only, and Doug, do you know what year it's from? No. <laughs> Let's talk about it after the tune.
the electro maggot reign supreme, and I reckon that's probably the best thing you've ever had on the show. Well, that's very confident of you, electro maggot. Mm. What, what do you think, Pete? Doug, I'm sorry about this. Brit out there. Uh, I don't know who I should address first. Should I address the the, the uh, electro maggot? Well, I, I suppose. I mean, who wants to talk about the the, the track? I mean, you know, who? Um... I'm going to challenge Doug Shipton <laughs> to tell us more about CHBB and see what he's made of. That's a bit confident talk. You're throwing the gauntlet down there, uh, electro maggot, haven't you? Yes. Try me. Come on, Doug. What have you got? All right, then, well, how about this? What about uh, Chris Los Haas, the um, four founder member of DAF? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, blimey. Yeah, Beata, uh, well, founder member of uh, Neubart and, and Mania D. Well, yeah, he knows his stuff. What do you think, Electro Maggot? <laughs> Go on, Dougie, you're getting at him. Go on, throw another fireball at him. Okay, then. Well, um... Give him another curveball. <laughs> Go on, Dougie. Sorry. We don't like him anyway, this Electro Maggot. Go, go on, Doug. Show him what you're made of. And she's probably the most important female Impressive. artist from that scene at the time yeah. in Germany. Knows his stuff, Dougie. Ah, <laughs> oh, Mel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've I think you've finished him off there with the information overload, Doug. Good. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like your friend's attitude anyway. I don't know why you. Mixing with this crowd on the tip, really. You're mixing with the wrong crowd, that's what you're doing. I know, he just Take seemed one. a bit lonely when I first met him, but oh, I, you, you know me. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just after his tapes, to be honest. But, you can uh, get him out of here. Anyway, more importantly, what did you think of the tune? I thought it was great, yeah. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK, then. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was an excellent piece of music. Mm. And I know that Doug's all over at that muck anyway, so everything... It's all good. It's a win-win situation yeah, for yeah. us. I mean, the Finders Keepers record crew. I'm ba- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be back next month to bring more. I might bring a guest from here again, oh, but no, I much prefer... Please, preferred... please not. Well, Graham Massey from last month was Oh, that was right. different. He was all right. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll drag the maggot off. Yeah. See you, everyone. Cheers, Doug. Nice to see you. See ya. <laughs> From global glam to failed pop, around the world, this is the Finders Keepers radio show. Making global local.
best record ever made? That was Rod Hunter. Rod Hunter. I think he's G- Germanic. I think he's German. Rod right. Hunter. I don't know. Could be from, from Berry with that name. <laughs> <laughs> but I think right. he's. I think he's. Uh, you're a fan of that tune, aren't you? I, I, I have to say, the first time I heard it, did, did you comp that on music minus music? Yeah. It's almost ravey, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It, was, mm. it did, did yeah. take me by surprise when I sort of first came across it. Yeah. I. Um, I've got a copy of Apache by Hot Butter, haven't I? Oh, uh, have you? Yeah. Ah, what yeah. do you see? It was, mm. yeah, it was just the, the part of the popcorn legacy I get, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You know. But you think it's one of the most important records ever made anyway, don't you? Apache. Or written. Yeah. Song, songs oh, are written. Absolutely. No question. I don't, I'm not going, if, if I'm you not going to, down that route of like, you know, let's not mention the Beatles, but the Shadows were the most important band if you want to know in more, the history of music. If you want to know more, just get on the internet and go back to episode two or three. Oh, or five, blimey. or four, <laughs> or one. <laughs> Most of them. Speaking of Germany, should we have a listen to Sam Spence? What can you tell us about Sam Spence, Doug? Mm. What can I tell you about Sam NFL. Spence? NFL, NFL, yeah. dude, wasn't he? Well, what, um, were they specifically NFL release library records in the States? Because it was Cuckook in Germany, of course, but they would have been licensed in. Yeah, well, with the library phenomena that we've, with phenomena that we've discussed previously... NFL in America, the National Football League, had their own library record series. What, to play on the TV? Yeah, yeah. We really sort of like... The highlights shows. Oh, right, yeah. OK. Motivational jingles and the like. Great idea. Yeah. But Sam Spence, a guy who earned his craft with a, a Moog 100 in Munich, became their lead composer. And this is the kind of stuff he was doing earlier for the label Cuckook and stuff for DeWolf as well. That's right. Yeah. This one's called Sunken Ship. This is the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. Sam Spence. Sam Spence. He looks like uh, a, a, an oil ma- magnet, doesn't he, from Texas? On <laughs> he the, does, on the, actually. Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. He could be in Dallas, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Bar the um, snow-washed denim jacket with extra zips. Don't knock is, it. Which is something Don't you just find. We've all been there. That and the leather Montana are <laughs> rarer than Northern Soul records now, but yeah. that's uh, a yeah, yeah. nice combo there. Good record label as well. Mm. Finders it's a great keepers. little We've used that a lot. If you listen to the show regularly, you will hear Sam's bits all over this show, won't you? Sam's bits. Did that evoke the uh, the feeling of a sunken ship to you? That, yeah, indeed. Very much so, yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you know, we like to do that. Oh, what was that? That seems like there's a, a knock on the door. As, as, you, as per, would you like to go down and... Uh, I'll go, go down and see who it is. Yeah. Hello, Andy. Hello. 
It's Andy Popplewell from Trace Tape Recorder and Synthesizer Ensemble. Welcome to Keeper Scottish. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, How are life? Yeah, it's, it's reasonably well here, and, and I think uh, you're probably the nearest resident to this this low, secret location. Yeah, he does. Be, you are pretty yeah. close, which he is does. unusual because we're in the middle of nowhere, as you well know. I know, yes. And uh, well, it's, it's a pleasure to welcome you along. Um, you're talked in, in a high regard within the uh, the Finders Keepers organisation. Are you oh. aware of that? No, I wasn't. No, but thank you very much, gentlemen. You never told it once. No, I, I keep the information stays on this side. He's on the other, <laughs> other, other side of the ley line over yeah. the hill, which is a place called. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's on the other side. So right. yeah, and Andy is currently spends most of his time in this literal treasure trove of sort of obsolete tape machinery, fantastic synthesizer components, mm. and it's uh, something. It's a treat to be to be seen. And we are here to discuss Andy's records or cassettes or his his, mm. his album. Mm. This is a th- you know this is, you're aware this is a synthesizer special, Andy. Are you? Here? I was only made aware a few moments ago. So, <laughs> well, I just uh, saw it in the detail, of course. But as a, as a kid, you would build synthesizers, is that right? Was, was that a, you? I've been into electronic music since I was about eleven years old. So uh, <clears throat> I used to listen to Gary Newman and John Fox and Ultravox and the Human League, all the very early stuff, and yeah. also you know Tangerine Dream. And as a kid, it inspired me and I thought okay I'll build my own kit because I couldn't afford to buy it so I thought mm-hmm. I'd build it and I had a school where we had all the equipment and facilities to do that. How do you learn to build a synthesizer? You just get some sort uh, of... You follow the instructions <laughs> in the book. Oh right, I do, right okay. Is it, a simple, is it really as simple as that? Well fortunately I had an older brother who um, was building electronic equipment and building computers when he was a kid as well so he helped yeah. get all the equipment working when I, I I built it all and it didn't work so my brother got it going and um, I learned, it was, a, it was a baptism of fire. Circuit board, soldering iron and all of that was it? I was doing all that when I was 14 years old. Wow, he's way ahead of the pack there. And I had a metalwork class at school so I could build all the metalwork and woodwork and yeah, it, it took a bit of time I really didn't understand much about design of electronics but I had an idea as to what was going on. Uh, I was more interested in making tunes quite frankly and emulating Were you the... musical as well? Oh yes, but I didn't study music at school. Right. Okay. I had piano lessons as a kid but I got tired of being told what to play. I wanted to play my own stuff oh, I've built a career on that <laughs> So just let's just rewind the whole situation situation here. What we're trying to say is basically this kid who was 16 years old in 1981 heard Gary Newman on the radio, Mm. said I'll have a bit of that, I'm going to make my own synthesis. (laughs) In a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's it's not the story that you hear every day is it? Not at all. But but Andy's playing it down now but it is more than a glorified stylophone which is kind of the premise of of what Andy Mm. Andy plays it down but it wasn't just that was it? It was a Frankenstein version. I was trying to emulate a Moog Right, a mini okay, Moog, because right, yeah. mini Moog had three oscillators, so you could detune two oscillators and play three note chords. And right. the design of this Coro synth I built had the same kind of facilities. It wasn't as sophisticated as the Moog, but I thought, well, I can. Cir- they call it circuit bent now. In mm. those days, it was called modification. So I thought, well, I'll just put all these extra adjustments, and they call them potentiometers, which were on the circuit board on the front panel. So I just made it into a, a totally randomised beast, basically, and it and it worked. It right. actually works, and I created all this music from that. And I, I built the drum machine as well. That was a kit which you built, and I got that from a place in Bramall. Right. Um, the mixer I built at school, that was the, one of the first projects I ever did. I built an analogue mixer, six-channel, all out of transistors. Hold on a minute. It wasn't the first project you ever did, because when you were a lot younger, you built some traffic lights, didn't you? For the yeah, <laughs> Go on, tell us about that story. That was, that was uh, junior idea. school. Yeah. Um, junior school. Yeah, I've, I've always had this thing about lights, traffic lights, 
lighting in general. Uh, my, my late father and my mum at the time realised there was something a bit odd. At five years old, I was walking through Piccadilly Station in Manchester and they mm. had all these lights on the ceiling and all I used to do was look up. Oh, okay. And it's just a thing, it's just mm. a kid's, I don't know, sort of one of those weird brain wiring issues. But... Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was it's just very weird how things sort of moved on from, in, from you know when I was a kid. Uh, so anyway, I was into traffic lights as well. When I, was, when I went to uh, on holiday, there was this little toy shop we used to make little miniature traffic lights, which I used to you know when you're kids you make toys, roads, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I thought, well, I'll build a set of traffic lights, <laughs> and um, it was very simple. It was just a couple of light bulbs uh, and a battery and two nails stuck in a piece of wood, painted like the old traffic lights where they used to have black and white rings around mm-hmm. the posts. And so you put one wire to one nail, and in one direction it's red, and the other direction it's green. You move the wire down to the next nail, it was the opposite. So I took it into school because I thought it'd be useful because when I was at school, we had this after playtime, everyone used to come off the playground. It always used to be mayhem, all the kids coming in, and the prefects used to be the traffic lights. So I ended up having to stand up in front of the entire school and demonstrate the traffic lights and then demonstrate them as traffic control for the kids coming out of playground. And it worked. And they then, were obedient then, the kids. They followed they the, the sequence, it. did they? And then the prefects, and then the prefects complained to the headmaster <laughs> that the fact I put them all out of a job. <laughs> and I was quietly asked to take the traffic lights home and not talk oh, about it ever again. I, I was dream cool was with over. That, man. I was yeah. cool with that. I think, I think it's a good time to put the Grand Jewel music in now. I think it probably is. There you are. Sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, but then and then that, but that wasn't good enough. So you said, let's make a, a Moog 100 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into modular synths. Not so, quite. Yeah. No, I started with a fuzz box. Right, and, right. Um, it was just a very simple fuzz box. You know, you push a switch, goes on, push a switch, it goes off. And then I built um, a phaser. That was a more sophisticated uh, circuit. And my brother still uses that today. I gave it to him as a birthday present in the 80s, and he still it still works. It's, still, wow. it's a bit tatty now, but we're going to hopefully use that for the live gig. The right. fuzz box that keeps on giving. Yes, yep, yes. Uh, what else did I build? Oh, yeah, I mean, then it was some six-channel mixer, and then I thought, well, I need an instrument. So I looked at the price of instruments. I used to go to Chase on Oldham Street in Manchester looking at all the gear there. It was like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Mm. Couldn't afford it. I was a kid who did paper rounds. So what I did was I thought, I'll build one. And so I'd got all the bits together and used my woodwork and metalwork classes. The teachers were great. The teachers were great because um, they gave me free reign in the physics labs to do the electronic tests, the metalwork rooms, um, where I got free reign to do what I wanted in there. And Mm. over 18 months, I got all this kit together. And then late 81, early 82, I was ready to start recording. Uh, bearing in mind all the songs which are on the cassette I wrote all those on the piano at the age of 14, 15 the lyrics came along about the same time as well mm. it was like a burst of creativity until I was about 17, 18 So how did you get your hands on this? When did you hear this for the first time? Well the most important thing is how I felt when I first heard the music okay. so should we, should, we, should, we, should we try and evoke that feeling now yeah, by yeah. listening to one of Andy's tunes? From global glam to failed pop this is the Finders Keepers radio show
This is the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. We are with uh, Trace, Andy Popperwell. We have uh, Doug Shipton hiding behind the door is uh, Andy Votel. So it's safe to say that Andy and Doug from Finest Keepers discovered your, your cassette because it, as far as you can remember, it never left the house, did it? Never. It never did, no. It stayed in my cassette box with all the other cassettes of various right, ideas right. and you know tapes that I recorded over the years. And I just literally, all I did was transfer it for, because I knew the tape was degrading. Part right. of my job requires me to transfer tape which are degrading so I just did that and I thought well that's that I've archived it off you know, for the family really and it, that's all it was How long did uh, this tape gather dust for then? Did you say 30, 30 odd 30 years I mean to be fair I've sort of listened to it a few times over the years just to sort of remember but I really just ditched the project you know I, I was it was all work in progress right. all work in progress What do you remember Dougie about listening to this cassette for the very first time Trace do you remember? I, well I, I, it's, as Andy sort of touched on earlier I remember getting the, the call just saying I found this amazing guy sounds right. just like John Carpenter so like, yeah brilliant down and right, um, yeah. it, it just kind of went from there really but um there was one particular track that that stood out um it was that glitter band track what, what was the title it was angel it? face how yeah. did you come to do a glitter band cover uh, i think i was watching telly at the time and i saw a band another band do a cover version of it and they were called shock right. and oh, okay. in that band there were two guys who used to do robotic dancing i think they're called tick and tock <laughs> But um, the music, it was a, a completely different version of Angel Face. And I've, I listened to the original version of the Glitter Band. I thought, yeah, it's a good song. But what Shock did to it was just something amazing. And I thought, I'll have a go at that. Mm. And I did my own cover version, minus the lyrics. Right, but okay. uh, that was my, my mimicry of that track. So we're not going to hear your cover version? Uh, no, we're going to hear the Shock version of um, Angel Face.
And that was a version of Angel Face by... Shock. 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 It were a Tick and Tock spin-off, or was it the other way around? No, I'm the... not sure, but they were all together, like these, I don't know, three or four girls and the band and Tick and Tock doing the robotics. Right. And plus doing vocals as well. There's a video online, you can go and watch it, mm. the original video, from, I think it's from 82. Angel Face by the Glitter Band was good. Good song, yes. Yeah. I've always liked that song. Yeah. That, that song's big in the in the, in the Popwell family, isn't it? It is, yes. Because your... my uh, younger brother played in uh, one of the Glitter Bands in the 90s for 10 one years. One of the how many? <laughs> was there a number of them? Was it Mike Rossi? Am I uh, it was John Russell. Oh, right, that was And it, then yeah. there, was, um, there were two Glitter Bands and there were legal <sighs> issues and all that. But, dear, um, dear, dear. But yeah, Phil did you know, used to go on tour with uh, John Russell. So he um, was a Glitter Band member, I think. He, I, I could say, you could say, a, yes, yeah, he was. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's good. Right. Yes. Yeah. Part of the Glitterati. The <laughs> official. <laughs> right. Okay, well, on that shimmering note, um, it's probably time to say goodbye. Thank you very much for coming in, Andy, and regaling your tales of schoolboy s- synthesis. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Popperwell. Fascinating as, as, as always. All it's right. been a bit of pleasure, gentlemen, though. No, well, thank you. Shall we stick with the uh, theme of uh, kids' TV programmes? It's probably safe to say that that's how we first experienced yeah, ele- electronic music. Certainly for me, Jerry Anderson, all of those things. Yeah, were, yeah absolutely. Let's, uh, let's listen to Alan Parker. Ooh. Still awake, Pete. Nice. It's nice. That Slightly one, sedate, it? though, isn't it? Yeah. But see, at this moment in time, it's it's all about balance, Andy. You know that. Doug had a slight Homer Simpson moment then. <laughs> the little bit of drool. <laughs> that must have been the. That's what the crackle was. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was. Um... Tell me about that, Alan Parker. You recognise the music? Yeah, and I don't. I said to you, is it um, a sitcom? No. Like there was a style for a period when they all. These are similar. The themes are similar. Yeah. Aren't? You know what I mean? Yeah. What's that guy? Ronnie Hazelhurst did the sorry music. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like sort of that white reggae, freggae sort of yeah. vibe. What was the butter- but- butterfly? Uh, butterfly. Was that Craig? Do you remember, do you yeah. remember that one? I don't know. That's sort of omnipresent in our house. Yeah. Jane can't start a day without an episode of Butterflies. <laughs> it's true. Really? <laughs> yeah, Not even yeah. the coffee. It's going to yeah. be butterflies. Some burnt cornflakes. Yeah. Um, no, that was, um, that was that little. You know, on educational programmes where they used to have the um, little counter at the start. It's not a test card, is it? It's just that counter that goes down. But then the f- then it go five, four, three, two, one. And thing, the program and the program would start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was that theme. Some Ireland. say some say it was um, those things were to warm up the transmitter. Is that right? Somebody out there will correct us on that, but that's the idea. That tra- I like the idea that transmitters needed warming up. I think it was just a thingy, just a warm up DJ for yeah. the for the kids <laughs> watching TV, going five, four, three, yeah. two. But it was a great outlet for synths. You know what? You know the whole because um, all the library dudes. It's similar to the Bollywood and Hollywood stuff we were talking about earlier. You know, if it was a solo doing music, which Alan Parker, who I hasten to add, I think is one of the greatest guitarists of all time, and I'll explain why in a minute. Okay. When he was doing his one-man band bit like that to save costs on production music, it was just a synth to him was mm. invaluable. I mean, that it's not on now, but a, a mini. I'm guessing that was a mini moog. Sounded like a mini moog mm. from my mm. ear memory. Yeah. It was just him uh, and a guitar at home. Am I under the, the, the misconception that I thought most BBC theme tunes were paid for and scored by BBC orchestras and m- musicians? Uh, no, nah, tons of library music. But maybe, are we talking about BBC? Maybe this is ITV or... Granada, uh, well, yeah, well, well TV. Granada, well, yeah, as it would yeah, be. Well, yeah, yeah. ITV and Granada would be different to the BBC, yeah, yeah. with, with Musicians' Union and all that. I bet there was more library music on the on the, on ITV independent television yeah. they didn't have an orchestra at their disposal but hence using mm, moves yeah. and this is where it comes in i yeah. mean later on he did uh, the soundtrack to this program one summer do you remember that billy and icky the 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 liverpool sort of drama where they go to wales oh this is brilliant and and they it's like one big advert for oi polloi sports casual wear because they're all oh, wearing amazing trainers and uh what year? About 1984, something like that. It's probably out clubbing then. Probably were, yeah. yeah. We yeah. watching that stuff. But Alan Parker played guitar on Histoire de Melody Nelson and The Kicking Side by Kate Bush, oh, there which you are go. possibly. See, you know, show's done. Who's Jimi Hendrix again? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Show's done. Should we yeah. back up and go home? Should we come out as well leave? It's yeah. all done. But give him a synth and it sounds mm. a little bit like that. Mm. Well, that's it. Music and information. We're only an hour in. Can you believe it? Is it? Are we on the hour now? We're actually on the hour recording. We're on the hour. Technically, time for the time for the news. Yeah. Then. Yeah. <laughs> All
You're listening to the Finest Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, something brand new on Finest Keepers reportage for the very first time on vinyl, I do believe, yeah? Very first time on anything. Sounds yeah. an amazing cover with some amazing music therein. It is the new, it is news music. Mm. It's music made for current affairs. Italian library music made for current affairs. This guy is a total mystery in Italian music because he was one of those guys spearheading that era where people were making music in their mm. production music in the in the in the bedroom you know just yeah. to save money using a bunch of synths but under different names you know like people like Bruno Nicolai would go under the name Leo Flag and you know, and um Brain and they had all these nicknames so they could sort of wouldn't compromise their premium or their credibility mm -hmm. within the film companies because yeah. they were in the west they were getting big big books you know, nobody nobody knew who he was. I know we were rather flippant by saying it was time for news, but I said to you that's more like Weekend World or Panorama, the music on some of these, because uh, you, know, you yeah. said there were current current affairs shows. And, uh, yeah, yeah. While the microphones were off in touch, another conversation that went on to World in Action, and uh, what was the other one? Weekend World in World in Action. Yeah, you said that it was, I know, that I... it was Sean Phillips for World in Action. I was like, no, it's not, it's Mountain. Yeah, but yeah, I got yeah, it wrong, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain did Weekend World. My wife, Jane, always plays that record, and mm. I always go, World in Action! Mm. Weekend no, World. No. We'll have to save that conversation, that music, for our prog, prog show, do you think? That is prog. That is it, prog. it is prog. Good prog it, talk. Do you know what? It's good prog as well, though. The prog, yeah. the prog program. Is it Nostradamus or is it just a knockoff? This is Sitaras in the eyes. I knew he'd do this. Now, this is the, the you and Griff have performed this. To be, to be fair to you, if this is going to court, which is quite possibly... This, listen, if Sitar's ever goes to court, <laughs> it, won't be, it won't be you no, suing me. No. It's probably the highest that'll no. be highlighted on this because show. Because we did um, Friday and Saturday at Festival Number no. 6, yep. and we were both just comparing and doing some other bits. So we, we, you were doing this similar with time machines and all this yep. kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. And it come to the big Friday, it was packed, yep. and I was sent away off the stage. You uh, were sent in a time machine to Patagonia in yeah. 1972. Really? I was putting my tent up on the side of a, a, uh, really, a hillside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was banned yeah. from it. So I don't know whether you, you should, uh, I should... I don't know whether I can possibly ever forgive you for this. What well, all <sighs> I can consider on your part is a mistake. I think we need Graham Massey to come back and play electric violin for your <laughs> sob story here. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go easy on you because I can see that you're a bit fr bit fractured by this. So oh, I know, it's fine. Uh, uh, it's it's right. Don't 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 pity me. Oh. I, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I'll give you a clue before okay. we start. Okay. Sitars in their eyes. Obviously, I'll just re-explain the um, instructions. For please, for those who have never listened. Uh, I'm going to play an old piece of music which suspiciously sounds like a modern pop hit mm. or a or a hit of recent years. Your little thing was Suspicious Renditions. Is that suspicious right? renditions, renditions. Which I always like. Excellent. This, yeah. though, has already been covered. We've already drawn the, 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 the comparisons between this tune and its later mm -hmm. uh, offspring, okay. if, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it's Mancunian. Oh. Both bands are Mancunian. Really? Okay. So, and Mancunia being... It's kind of a specialist subject of, of yours, you, you know. It has been. It has been uh, levelled at me, yes. All right, then. So, Pete, what does this sound like? Mm. Nothing so far. Mm, something there. Is it the controversial New Order? It is. You think it sounds like New Order? 
Yeah. It does sound like New Order, doesn't it? Again, yeah. New Blue, Order's biggest hit. Blue Monday. Blue Monday, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm fishing around. You said the a Mancunian band. Oh, you want to go for the bonus point? Yeah. And try, and, try and figure out who the original band is. I haven't got a clue. I know it's right in front of me there, but I've not seen it. Well, yes. well, Pete, yeah, you got that in one. This is, in fact, um, well, I'd say one of the earliest sort of um, exponents of domestic synth DIY records, precursor to all those amazing independent Mancunian labels like Factory and Twisted Nerve mm. Records. This is... <laughs> yeah, why not? This is the absurd label, and it's Jerry and the Holograms oh. with... Um, well, that's what the track's called as well. And um, Frank Zappa's favourite ever record. Maybe, perhaps, rumoured to be. Really? Let's hear it.
Ah, that's an instruction. I will, I will stop playing the record. Continue. <laughs> this is the Finest Keepers Radio Show with Pete Mitchell, uh, Andy Votel and uh, Doug Shipton. If we began the, this show with that record, the whole thing would make sense. Do you know what I mean? For me, that is the sound of synthesizer music. Right. Do you, do you know, uh, growing up, you can... Yeah. And uh, a Mancunian record. A Mancunian record. I'd, or, or, let, let's let's just say it's a, it's an Alberto's... Uh, connection. In connection, the, yeah. Yeah. Very much in the world of Martin Hannett and that early yeah. rabid absurd. Mm. We played a record a couple of episodes ago by Forty Eight Chairs. Yes, same group of people. Paranoid Plastics Productions. Oh, nothing to do with Hannett. Known. No, but very well. I mean, so the guy, a guy involved in this, John Scott. I think he wrote Cycle Sluts music. Right. Which Martin produced, did he not? Yeah, yeah uh, did he? Did he probably did, actually. Yeah, but the, but the thing is, there was a, they had a studio called Relentless, and it had um, a sequential circuits Pro 1 synthesizer, which is hence one of the... the first, sound we're yeah, hearing there. Which, hence the sound that you hear on nearly every absurd <laughs> record. Right, right. You know, but at them, them days, it was an alien sound, you know. Mm. And probably an expensive piece of kit at the time, would it have been? That's, yeah. Hence why it's on everything. Exactly. And mm. I guess it also would have influenced people people like Bernard Sumner and Andy Pop to make their own synthesizers because they were the kind of guys that were into doing making their own synthesizers. So I love that and uh, Jerry and the uh, the holograms and and that might see the light of day someday soon do you reckon or not? Yeah I mean there was a lot of unreleased tracks Mm, from that from that crew and they're uh, very good friends of Finders Keepers so yeah yeah what's this space can we say that? Yeah. yeah. It, sh- should we should we should we close the door on sitars in their eyes? Yes. Yeah. That was that sitars in their eyes. Well done, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Am I welcome back into the fold next time we do it live? <laughs> Depends no. if we need you to do some time travel. <laughs> you need to do some time travel then. <laughs> still thinking about that. I still wake up in a sweat after going in, to Patagonia. In fact, do you mind getting in the time machine now, and I'll send you to Taiwan via Singapore to, to meet some tribesmen. Yeah. Let's go. Around the world, Finders Keepers Radio Show.
You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global local. Uh, that was uh, a nice little ditty. Uh, can you tell me anything about that track? Nothing. Absolutely nothing? Nothing at all. Not one piece of information Not, regarding that record? anything about that record <laughs> whatsoever. OK. Nothing. It's called... can't even remember what it's called. Um, that was the sound of Taiwan's tribesmen. So guess what country it's from? Taiwan? No, it's from Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about, that's about it. It's enough information for me. It was a synth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr Doug Shipton, you're going to play something. This is obviously our synth special. We've uh, learned something new about uh, the early DIY. In, uh, well, I, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit, to be honest. It's, um, I, I, we've not really sort of ventured into the sort of new wave realm as of yet. Now, I've got a particular record here. I've, I've not, I don't know a great deal about it. I've actually found the chap who made it. And it took me a while through these various um, sort of shady email addresses and, right. uh, yeah, tenuous sort of context that I had. And I got a very strange reply along the lines of um, sending vibrations out that he could pick up on the, in the cosmos. <laughs> oh, really? In order oh, to right, uh, okay. decipher. I'm liking it. Was it a druid or a wizard you were uh, well, in touch with? Can you get New Jersey druids? I'm sure you can. They're everywhere, these druids. <laughs> Even in New Jersey. <laughs> Well, I'll ask him if I do manage to sort of pick him up out there. But this is, um, it's a band called Inner Landscapes. Amazing. Uh, it's a private press album amazing. from, as I say, from New Jersey on Inner Landscape Records. And it's amazing.
Nice and dreamy. Thank you, Doug. That was uh, excellent. Andy, I know you were oh. melting listening to that oh. record, weren't you? Oh. It's a good one. Mm. It's a bloody good record, that. Yeah. We don't know anything about it apart from a couple of druids maybe from New Jersey. Yeah, Doug's been speaking to the dude. Oh. It, it's only on a compilation, that, because they did have an album out. Inner Landscapes. Good name as well, isn't it? Mm, Reminds mm. me of Inner Space, which was the original Can yeah. band name or studio title. Inner Landscapes, In Waiting. Some sort of like a premarital... Like that, perhaps. Courting music. That would be courting music for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's first the sound of a first date. You're just aging yourself by saying courting. Is there a better synth record in existence? Than that? There is. I, I think. I think there is. You put me on the spot there because uh, I would go. Uh, no, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just scared of saying the wrong thing at this point. Probably. This next record's amazing as well. Go on and try me. Finders Keepers Records, making old records feel young.
I'm having a Homer Simpson <laughs> drool moment over the last there's, ten minutes there, of this show. There's a lot of that going on on, on this show. I'm the only one that's not drooled. <laughs> I've got to compose, you see. <laughs> you dry. That's rather personal, isn't it? <laughs> Please don't go there. Oh, that, um, yeah, mega. That was a band called Blue Wing Console on, right. on, on Dewolf. American? No, well, no. really, it no. sounds very American to no. me. Is no, it? I don't know. Well, you know, as it might be, who is Simon Park? He's the guy that Simon did... Park was the Simon Park Orchestra. Did the was it I Level Van der Volk theme? Van der Volk theme oh, it might have been on BBC Records or something. But... Yeah, yeah, possi- it was possibly was. Yeah, that was him. You oh, know, uh, which well, which uh, that is an amazing progressive piece of late seventies um, proggy synth music, library music, right. For the uninitiated, library music that was only made for uh, use in the media uh, wasn't commercially available. But, um, you know, over the last 20 years, people have been treating library records as collector's items. Uh, Especially you. Especially me and, uh, yeah, and a bunch of other scabs. Am I correct in thinking that you probably think the French library music is the best? French? um, You do do talk about that a lot. I'd, I'd, I'd say Italian. Right. is the best, but, okay. but that's like eyeing up very expensive Eames furniture. So, so I mean, I, I think on one of the shows when we did um, the festival number six preview, we were playing the prisoner music, and by and large, it's not it's library music, isn't it? Apart oh, it's... from the main theme and a couple of other incidentals, which leads it, it's French, yeah, library music. Yeah, it's like if you look at like an episode of The Simpsons, you know, it's like Danny Elfman does that music. Everybody knows Danny Elfman mm. did the music for The Simpsons, but only the theme tune. Mm. It was the same with The Prisoner. Yeah, it Ron Grainer. Was it Ron Grainer? Uh, yes, it was yeah. Ron Grainer. He did the theme tune. But, but when you get down to like people like uh, Eric Peters, you think, wow, that's just yeah. a, such a short, brilliant piece of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it? Way it, ahead of its time. A lot of it's pre, pre pre-60s as mm, well, you know, yeah. really, really early stuff, because a lot of them prisoner cues came off 78s. Mm. We digress. But uh, how, do, how do you go about finding some music, library music, that was f- featured on The Prisoner? Is it easier now with the internet, seriously, yeah, just for a moment? Because I that... Yeah. I mean, I, I, A, I wouldn't have dreamed it would be library music. I always thought it was just other bits by Ron Grainer Orchestra or whoever. You've got to think, basically, if somebody's lazy enough or on a budget and they need music quick and fast Mm. they're gonna take it from the same source so once you find one theme tune on a chapel library there's a chance you're gonna find two other tracks on that same library Mm. and then they're probably licensing from the same catalogue so you know the orange doesn't fall too far from the tangerine (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever Uh, another Rolling Stone gathers no, I don't know. It makes much nice. more for time. That, that that track though was used on Dawn of the Dead. Okay, well, right, uh, yeah. right. Not the best bit of the tune, just a little snippet of, right. of it, because most of the music for Dawn of the Dead was used was made by Goblin, the amazing Italian band. But there was a lot of library cues in various cuts. This common knowledge for zombie heads, mm, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know. Anyway, but that... all oh, their zombies will, ears will be pricking up at this little yeah, conversation. Will do, yeah, yeah, and I'm here listening to amazing music going. Yeah. Are we going to lead on to some more library music or not? Now, we're, as we're in the, the, the that frame of mind. If you want, I, in fact, I've got. Um, I've just picked up some some good electronic library th- things. I've not actually um, I've not actually needle dropped them entirely, apart from in a record shop in Malmo the other day. Right. So, uh, Wait, just drop one uh, ad hoc. Just take it out and stick the first one on. This 
uh, is an Italian library record by a guy called Oscar Rossi, who is an amazing composer, so I just sort of uh, took a gamble. It's called Drama Test, but in fact, you know, on library records, they have a, the name of the track and then a bit of a description for... You know, for the if you're looking for a you're st- looking for, for something to fill a yeah, and this these are actually quite bizarre. In fact, if I was to play you a bit of this this bit of this track, you can possibly tell me what what, what you think. Well, you I know. think it is okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for example, on a on a you know, there might be sort of like um, a cool breeze, and it'll be some summery jazz tune, or it might be sort of like at um, sea, yeah, at sea, yeah. and then it'll be mm. a, a summery jazz tune, and <laughs> <laughs> then you know, or you know, but right. but just check check this one out. I'll give it a go. See if I can get it right. Sounds like it could be at night. At night. Yeah, at night. Uh, dead wh- of night. The dead of night, walking dark streets, wet right. streets. Uh, something. A crime is it? Yeah, something's about a bank robbery. You, you know what the description of that is? It's called blackout. A feeling of being dead. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. What, what, what about, of, uh, yeah. Check this. Here's another. Italian horror. With this being um, an Italian library label, yeah. it's nice that it's green with a massive shamrock. Yeah, well, well, yeah. just to confuse the issue. What does that say? A withdrawn. Damn right. It oh, was. oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. was it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't guess. So what's this saying to you? Discovery. Uh, discovery. Uh, discovery uh, looking out to sea. Gl- glassier to me. It sounds quite glassy. Mm, well, you know. perhaps icy. It's called blue lighting. Do you know what the description to that is? Go on. A rainbow has entered the unknown. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a look at this. This is a car chase. Car chase. Car race through the through the city at night. Mm, 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 well. Um. Trying to crack a code. It's called Dance of the in- Insects, and the description is bogs playing. <laughs> yeah. Bogs. Please explain what a bog is. A, a bog in Irish I, is where they get I, the peat from. <laughs> I thought it was dogs, but it must, <laughs> must be bugs, mustn't it? Shall, yeah. we, shall we have one more? Yeah. Mm. Pick the weirdest description and well, go for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, be, yeah, what, yeah. the bogs? I don't know. A feeling of being dead was quite good. Mm, yeah. yeah, there is one. There's a nice one to end. Okay. So I don't know what synths they were using here, then. I mean, it's a mixture of various electroacoustic disciplines. Uh, a cave. I'm going to move it right to the very oh. end. Better be a good ending. Better be a good ending, this. To be a little sinister. Perhaps some sort of crime again has been committed. And it just fades. It does just fade. There you go. It fades to the black. End, it's called Earth Clash, and it's the ending of the world. Really? So that's what I'd the end- say the ending of the world was slightly more dramatic than I that. I hope it's going to be more dramatic than that. I'll just have a very quick blast of this one, because I've just seen the title. Well, 
That was called Two Footed Chase. <laughs> oh, was it right? Okay. A chase with unknown people. No, I like it. Are, are yeah. we going to play anything from that? Or are we done with that? We're done with that. Let's. Should we see what the what the what the the, the ladies were doing in in, yes. in Italy with um with library music? Okay, it's one of my favourites. From Maud Moog to Welsh rare beat, around the world, Finders Keepers Radio Show. This is the Finders Keepers Radio Show. This is our synth special, so uh, spread the word, tell your friends. We're doing all things synth. Yeah. Synth. A lady synth player there. Yeah. I'd go as far as saying... Niche? No. Unusual? No. Rare? Rare. It's rare. She's one of my very famous, my very favourite uh, female Italian library electronic composers. And who would be uh, <laughs> your favourite 
Italian female composers, players? What, female? Yeah. What, top five? Yeah, if you can, you've got a uh, top of your head. M- Maria Teresa Luciani. Oh. Julia Demetis. Right. Floriella Frattini, maybe. <laughs> Daniela Cassidy. That was Daniela Cassidy. Right, OK. Way. Yeah. Susan Charney, I can never forget Suzanne. OK, yes. Um, yeah, loud. Susan Charney, we're not... Didn't, ex- didn't expect this to be that many, did you? No, I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would imagine you could probably... Take it to ten, could you, maybe? I could do. Do you want another five next episode? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are we going to play some Susan Chiani? Susan Chiani? Yeah, which you, you put out a couple of records on Finest Keepers anyway, Susan, isn't you? Yeah, Susan is incredible. Um, a good friend of yours? Yes, a very good friend of mine. She is um, definitely a pillar of the Finders Keepers community. Experimental? Uh, Soundtrack? Does she do? Does she do soundtrack stuff? Or she did. She, yeah. She's the Atari lady. Is that, is she it? did the Atari. A lot of the Atari music. She did the soundtrack to. A lot of people's she, ears pricking up on the yeah. mere mention of that. Exactly. Yeah. She yeah. did st- sound effects for Star Wars. Oh, did she? So. Uh, boom, boom, boom. You know Miko. That. Yeah. She, she did all them noises on there. Oh, yeah. the, all the. Yeah. Is that syndrome? Uh, what is that noise? That boom, boom. I, I guess it might have been a bootler, which was yeah. uh, which was her uh, her weapon of choice. Miko was. A hit record, wasn't it? Like oh, a, God, a disco yeah. record. She also played the synth solo on that uh, what, Afternoon Delight. What, what is Afternoon Delight? I mean, I know what Afternoon Delight means. Oh, yeah. But who's the record by? Oh, blimey. Afternoon. It's not Gold Rush, is it? I don't know. Um, it's on. Um, that's A music. That's not B music. Yeah, that is A music. Yeah. And she, which, is, it, which is on uh, Anchorman, isn't it? Used on Anchorman. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And she's done amazing, amazing. Starlight Vocal things. Band. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's done incredible things, Suzanne. Programming since for loads of people. Um yeah, she also did the the sound effects for the Stepford Wives. Right, okay. So with Michael Small, he did the sort of pastoral music and then she did the noises of the So where's her background? She's Italian now and lives in America, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean she was like a, a poster girl for the New Age movement, but right. before then she was like, you know, she changed the the musical inner workings of the advertising industry, which was something which was, you know... If you think of something like Mad Men, yeah. and then she comes comes along, and it's revolutionary that and essential that a female should... So she's like the, um, the, the uh, Italian-American equivalent of Delia Derbyshire or something like that. Yeah. Not too, not too far away. Yeah, 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 but but slightly, slightly like, maybe ten years later, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, this... Th- let's play a track that was never okay. released. This is from The Incredible Shrinking Woman.
Have you ever found a synthesizer in a skip, Doug? Unfortunately, not yet. It happens, though, doesn't it? it I'm, I'm, I'm banking on it, yes. Yeah, there's tons of, you know, old schools. It's like library records, isn't it? People always mm-hmm. claiming that they found fi- have found fancy analogue gear. I don't think I've ever found anything of any quality, really. I don't root round the skips as much as you do, obviously, <laughs> do my, I? <laughs> my skip career is rendered... It's paid off, though, hasn't it? It's made great dividends. treasures untold, yeah, Peter. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Didn't you say that you once found, like, 500 defective bouncy balls in the skip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reminded me while we uh, were talking about it on Denton Tip. Really? So you'd, you'd throw it at the floor and it... Box full. And it, you'd box throw full. it one way and it'd go the other way. You remember way. Power Balls, don't you? We used to call them... They yeah. were Super Balls, I think. They, they used were to called. call you Rubber Balls. <laughs> well, well, yes, it has been directed at me. But you, because they were, you know, out of shape, uh, if you were throwing the ball to your mate in the street, you couldn't predict the trajectory because they would uh, go off at acute angles. Right. Which was a great game. If you imagine bouncing that to your mate in the street, you wouldn't know which way to go, would you? Enough of these tangents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that last tune that we played about half an hour ago yeah, was yeah. Uh, Suzanne Chiani. There's not enough tips in life, is there? You can't, enough... get, you can't get near them now, can you? Yeah, I, we I, could wander through them. In tips? On tips. Oh, my God, the stuff I've found on tips recently, <laughs> recently. And, they've not let it, and they've not let me have it. I found a brilliant Art Deco lamp on a, on a tip recently, and I went to say... Can I have it? Can I have it? And then the de- and he said you have to come back. And then I went back, w- fully meaning to give the guy a tip on the tip. So I'll give you ten <laughs> if you get that out for me now. And he, he said it's over there, and someone has smashed it to pieces. Right, oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what happens now. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. yeah, I'm sure Tapeworm would have something to say about that. Yeah. Well, he is the uh, perhaps he could change the law. Yeah, I don't know. Recycle, that's yeah. what you're saying. Recycle. That recycle, don't recycle these things. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's been a very uh, enjoyable show about the uh, the synth. Um, you can download this, this download this show by going to iTunes. So that means you can put it in your pocket and listen to this anywhere. On a flight, on a train, Amazing. on a caravan, by the beach. Brilliant. Um, you can contact us via Twitter. Your handle is what, Pete? P. Mitchell DJ. All right, mine is at Andy Votel, Doug's is at Doug Shipton, yeah. and Finders Keepers one is at Keepers Finders. Yeah. Switched uh, it around. Next show is going to be Kraut Rock, I think. Kraut Rock. And do you know what it is after that? Cause the, where, where are we at the end of the year? Uh, Xmas. Yes. Is it the Xmas? We're going one. to have a Christmas special. Right, festive fuzz all over again. We're going to have our own little uh, elves in the cottage. Oh, beautiful. Oh, can you imagine? Like elves in the cottage. <laughs> nothing like elves in the cottage. Um, yeah, tangents, boomerangs, is something from Australia. I saw seven candles and I saw purple coffins without handles and I saw seven trials and I saw witches' eyes and I saw a man sucking the brains of rats and I saw men flying with wings of bats and I saw
That was the the devil may care by um, Jeff Crozier and Generator. Very dramatic, little uh, touch of the, the Rocky Horror Show. Did they put the willies up you? <laughs> they're from they're from little Melbourne. They're from Melbourne, yeah. and they pro- could be comparable to David Allen, Hodorowsky, mm. um, Ramesses. Ah, oh. yeah, he was a magician. And I suppose that brings us to the end of our um, another show. Another show, yeah. I mean. Like any of these shows, like the Soul One and the, uh, 
the well, jazz show, the jazz the, the uh, Spanish show. Yeah, we could do volumes upon volumes. So mm. we've n- not nearly scraped the surface of synthesizer music. How could you? But anyway, we we've tried, and mm. maybe we'll be back with a part two somewhere in the non too distant future. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. I think it's time to say cheers. Yeah. Ta-ta. Bye bye. <laughs> From Maud Moog to Welsh Rarebeat. Around the world, this is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global local.